Coming up on the Keto Cam Podcast, we have a special edition episode, 2023 KetoCon keynote lecture with myself and Dr. Mindy Pels. Here we go. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. I hope you're having an incredible day today. Thanks for tuning in. As I mentioned in the intro, today's a special episode. I recently gave a keynote lecture at KetoCon 2023 with my incredible friend and colleague, Dr. Mindy Pels. This is the first time that we shared the stage at the same time, meaning we've shared the stage together where I have spoken and Mindy went on after me or vice versa, but we actually co-presented and we were strategizing for weeks on how this was going to go. We only had 40 minutes and we had our slides to put together. And of course, me and Mindy are going back and forth, hopping on calls and going back and forth, sending our presentation slides to each other, uh, talking about, okay, Mindy, you spend five minutes here. I'll spend five minutes here. As long as we have 10 minutes left, when we get to this point, we're going to be good. We were mostly worried about the time because um, we didn't want to delay any other speakers at KetoCon. And by the way, KetoCon is an amazing event. Love Robin Switzer. This is the second year in a row that I've attended. I'll be back in 2024 as well. So if you've never gone to KetoCon, get registered for KetoCon 2024. I'll get the dates for you right now. It's going to be May 31st through June 2nd, 2024 in Austin, Texas. I don't think they're selling tickets yet, but I know they will soon. But either way, put it in your calendar. So me and Mindy went on stage and we I believe we absolutely crushed it. I hired a professional videographer based out of Austin. Actually, he was based out of San Antonio, Micah, and he recorded the entire lecture in high quality video, but also audio. So the video of the lecture has been posted on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash ketocamp. If you're not subscribed to our ketocamp YouTube channel, go get subscribed to it. We have videos, we have over a thousand videos on there, and we release content pretty much every day. So the audio is what you're going to hear today. And me and Mindy dove deep into the problem, obesity, cancer, autoimmune, etc. And then our goal was to simplify things and discuss three main causes of cellular inflammation. So we're going to deep dive into why we believe high glucose and high insulin spikes is a fast way to develop insulin resistance, diabetes, and other really serious condition. So we'll talk about that. And I'm going to get into some really great studies regarding low carb, high fat, aka ketogenic diet and what it has done to reverse type 2 diabetes. I'm going to give a great analogy that I got from Dr. Fung about how insulin resistance and diabetes develops and the actual solution. Mindy will talk about fasting as it relates to lowering glucose and insulin. We get into vegetable oils and seed oils. 
And the most important tip is the last tip, the third cause of cellular inflammation. I'm not going to give that away yet, but that is the most important one. So stick around for that. I am excited to share this with you. Thank you for listening today. Before I play the lecture for you, I do want to acknowledge today's Apple podcast rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from Jesse Rudy. And Jesse, I know exactly who you are. You're an amazing Keto Camp Academy student. And here's what Jesse said. The breath and the depth are unparalleled. I absolutely love Ben's podcast. Ben asks great questions of his guests. And I also love that he lets them share deeply about their experience and knowledge. Even if it's a topic I'm not sure is relevant to me, I always get a helpful tidbit out of each episode. Thank you, Ben, for your thoughtfulness, hard work that goes into getting such great content out there. What a beautiful testimony uh, and uh, review, Jesse. Thank you so much. You're, you're wonderful. We love you in the Academy. And I'm glad that you listen, even if you're not sure the episode is relevant to you, because we do cover a whole range of different topics. It is not just keto. It is so much more than that. And I'm glad you're listening and extracting the golden nuggets. And thank you for listening and for leaving that rating and review. Hey, if you have not left the Keto Camp podcast a rating or a review, please do so. Maybe I'll read your review on the next episode. All right, without further ado, let's reveal KetoCon 2023 lecture, keynote lecture with Dr. Mindy Pels and myself. Here we go. I'm here with Dr. Mindy Pels. <laughs> She's like a sister to me. Yes. And we're going yes. on stage in just a little while to talk about ancient healing strategies. Mindy, why are you excited about today's lecture? Uh, I'm hoping we are going to simplify keto because I feel like the hacking and keto world has just gotten way complicated. We're going to bring it down to this is exactly what you need to eat yeah. and not eat and really be clear. I hope that happens. We're going to talk about cellular metabolism, which yeah. is kind of a general term, but we'll get into the specifics. And most importantly, we're going to talk about the mental six-pack yes, and there go. the role of stress and fear and lack of purpose and how that factors into keto results. So yeah. I'm excited to share the stage with this one. Stay tuned. <laughs> Gonna be fun. Thank you guys. Okay, there's the timer. So here's what you have to go. Ben and I have never done this together. This, you're about to watch what would happen if Ben and I went out to dinner, just the two of us. This would be the conversation you would be hearing. So it's gonna be a lot of fun, and we have to pay attention. We're gonna try to stay on time. We're, this is gonna be a fun ride. Thank you for being here this morning, and Mindy's gonna start off the conversation. So go ahead, Mindy. So this is something that I've been thinking deeply about, and I'm just curious, just so we I understand where everybody's at. How many of you feel like you have a really clear path with your nutrition? Like you know what to eat and what not to eat by the show by a raise of hands. Yeah, and keep them up for a second. Okay, so look around the room. I feel like that's about 50% of the room, if not less. And one, of, oh, we're gonna figure out how to use this. One of the things that I have been deeply thinking about lately is how we have overcomplicated not just food, but we have overcomplicated health. So I love this picture because this, this was what I grew up with is the banana seat bikes uh, out in the neighborhood all day long. How many people grew up like that? Like came home from school, mom fed me a, a snack that was an actual real food snack. And then we went out and played in the neighborhood until it got dark. So 
We were getting dirty. We got a nutritious snack. We were getting sunlight. We were getting movement. This was the childhood that I grew up in. And now when we look at how we do food, how we do health, and I'm going to even call out the biohacking movement in general, we have really overcomplicated the way we're approaching this basic principle of our body. We're red lighting everything, we're measuring everything, we're, we've got all these hacks to overcome this modern world. And I think we've gone a little too far in the complicated area. Now, when we look at the statistics, and many of you know these, we know that cancer's on the rise, we know that diabetes is a huge problem, we know that only 12% of Americans are metabolically fit, we know that our ch children are suffering, yet we don't have a simple path out. And that is what I'm hoping that we're going to solve today in the next 37 and 32 <laughs> seconds left for us to talk. We got this. <laughs> the other thing I want to point out, and I think we all know this, is that we have a major, major obesity problem in our world today. And it is happening the most to our younger generation. And we are, have to all be a part of this solution. When we look at a statistic like this, we can't be like, oh, well, I do keto and I've like got this whole biohacking thing down, so I'm going to be fine. We, we as, as humans need to own this statistic. This is what has to change. Yeah. So in order for it to change, I think the best thing we should do is figure out where we went wrong. Like what happened? Why is disease building so much in, in, our, in the human body right now? And the first is food isn't simple anymore. Like just an apple, you know, we go to buy an apple and you're like, okay, organic, GMO, non-GMO, like I just want a freaking red apple. Like what's the glycemic index of that apple? Like, and then you, have, you know, most Americans who aren't even thinking like that are just going and this is what the kids and, and people in general, what their snacks are gonna be. So when it's just the art of simple eating, we've completely gone or, uh, uh, off of what the human body needs. Yeah, and I wanna talk, talk yeah, about this, this real quick. How many of you have seen this? Raise your hand. Yeah, it's, it's going around the, the internet right now. But this is from Tufts University, Dr. Mo Safarian, who leads the Tufts University Nutrition Program. They're working with the government and the FDA to have this implemented into the grocery stores, to Mindy's point. But look what they put in green. Eat that. Your family should eat that to be encouraged. Yellow, moderation. Red, minimize. So down in red, we see ground beef and eggs. Above that, we see Lucky Charms, we see non-fat frozen yogurt, frosted mini wheat. So they're essentially telling you that Lucky Charms is healthier than ground beef and eggs. So just a quick bit of advice here. How I pay attention to what's right, because there's a lot of nutrition guidelines out there, I advise everybody pay close attention to the government guidelines when it comes to nutrition. Like follow it to a T, and then do the complete opposite, and you're gonna go down the right direction, right? To Mindy's point, we made it complicated, but we just got to do the opposite, essentially, what they're teaching us. So let's continue. Oh, because human beings are the only species smart enough to create their own food and dumb enough to actually eat it. 
So, and then we've lost the art of just trusting our own body. I, I think this is why I love fasting. I mean, so many thank you to those of you who came to the, the book signing yesterday and told me your fasting miracle. And where what my brain does is it translates that into, you did that. Mm. I didn't do it, you did it. It's just that you've never been taught how to trust your body. And unfortunately, what the pandemic did is make it so that we didn't trust our bodies even more. And we've got to get back to this idea that there is an intelligence that lives inside every single one of our cells and is always working in our favor. Mm. And we have to start to trust that it knows best. But we have, you know, when you cut your finger, you know your body just heals it. You don't have to walk around and go, hold on, I need to interrupt this meeting because I gotta think about how I can make some more collagen to heal this cut on my <laughs> finger. You don't, you don't think about that, you trust that. But when you've gotten off course with your health, who are you trusting more? Yourself or your doctor or the medication? This is a paradigm shift that needs to happen. And then my recent, most recent pet peeve is that we are not talking about lifestyle. So how many people saw that Oprah about two weeks ago decided that she wanted to open up the conversation around menopause? And she did a masterclass. Anybody see her masterclass? Okay, great. You don't want to watch it. So, <laughs> Nobody watches Oprah. <laughs> that's awesome. Because all she did, all yeah. she did is talk about hormone replacement therapy. She wanted to show up and show the world that the menopausal solution was that we needed more drugs. And I sat there in disbelief and thought, why aren't we talking about lifestyle? We are pushing the 97 percenters are going to surgery and pills, and they're not the three percenters that are like, I take personal responsibility. I need to do something for my health. They're, that's only a small group of us. And I'm going to include all of you in this room in yeah. that. And so we've got to get back to basics. So if you find yourself throughout this whole experience over the weekend, you're like, I don't know, how many macros was I supposed to eat? Was I supposed to go carnivore? Maybe I want to be a keto vegetarian. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to ask you to just follow the basics and make it simple for yourself. We got to look that when symptoms show up, they're messengers to us. We've got to look at lifestyle being the cure and the prevention and we gotta get back to fixing the cell. That's right. She said something really important. Symptoms are a messenger. Nobody has a weight problem, it's a weight symptom. Symptoms are a gift from that innate intelligence. It's the body's check engine light. Thank God we have the system to see that we have something going wrong. The nervous system is out of homeostasis. Let's figure out why. Pull the car, car over and open up the hood. So the theme here is to fix the cell. If you want to get well, you got to fix the cell. Dr. Pompa has said that. Let's say it together. If you want to get well, you have to fix the cell. So when we talk about our cellular metabolism and DNA, are we victims of our heredity? If we have bad genes, is it just bad luck? There's nothing we can do about it? Is obesity primarily a genetic problem or is there something else? Many of you have heard of Dr. Bruce Lipton and Mindy's going to talk a little bit more about him. Uh, later on, but Dr. Bruce Lipton wanted to challenge that notion, that premise that your genes are your destiny. So he would look at cells and he would look at the DNA nucleus and he would remove it and observe what would happen next. And to his surprise and to many others, the cell went on to function for months just fine, even though the DNA nucleus was removed. 
well, if the genes ran the show, that wouldn't be the case. So then he said, okay, what about the cell membrane, that lipid bilayer made up of protein, saturated fat, and cholesterol? Let's try removing that and see what happens. Instant death. Duplicated it. Instant death. You see, the intelligence is that membrane. That membrane loves quality fats. And here's how it works. It's epigenetics. He calls it the cell membrane because it's running the show. It's where the innate intelligence is. An environmental stimulus binds to the membrane. You have these receptor sites, 30,000 on every single cell. That environmental stimulus could be your thoughts, your supplements, nutrition, oxygen, but it creates a chemical reaction inside of that nucleus and then a gene becomes expressed as a protein. This is epigenetics and that's what really runs the show. It's not your genes, that's just the blueprint, but we have the ability, the innate intelligence could actually turn off genes and turn on genes and it starts with what is that environmental stimulus. So, me and Mindy are going to outline three things that we believe are creating massive amounts of cellular inflammation that's turning on bad genes. The first one, excessive glucose and insulin spikes. This is near and dear to KetoCon, and it's an honor, by the way, to be back at KetoCon. I love what Robin has done, so credit to the entire team. When we think about diabetes, insulin resistance, let's ask the question, how much sugar can the human body hold? And in the average adult, you could store about one teaspoon in your entire bloodstream, that's considered optimal. So when you test your fasting blood glucose, that's about 80 milligrams per deciliters, optimal in a fasted state. Liver could store about 25 to 30 teaspoons of sugar. And then your muscle, depending if you're uh, you know, Robert Sykes or somebody else, a little bit more than others, but about 100 teaspoons of sugar. So when we think about that, and then what we're eating, the standard American diet, how many teaspoons of sugar is in a acai bowl from Jamba Juice? Mm. A million. A million, no. <laughs> but it's an teaspoons. acai bowl. An acai bowl. An acai bowl. Oh, it's, it's a healthy, healthy. It's healthy, right? right? It's yeah. an acai bowl. That's what people believe, right? I know. About 100 grams of sugar. And then we move on to Lucky Charms, which was on that list of being healthier than beef. It's going to be two servings is about 12 teaspoons. And then we just add this up. The average person is eating throughout the entire day healthy oatmeal. 10.4 teaspoons, orange juice, 10.4 teaspoons. So the frequency is a problem and the amount of sugar is a problem. Many of these are gonna talk about the frequency and, and uh, teach you about fasting, but what is happening here? And I'm gonna give credit to Dr. Jason Fung for this analogy, but what if I pulled out my phone and I went on Spotify and I listened to the greatest rock band in the world, The Killers, if you don't listen to them, they're, <laughs> listen to them. they're the best. But I listen to them all day long, 24-7, for months, at 50% volume. After about five months, maybe uh, the volume sounds less, right? I gotta pump up yep. the volume, right? yep. I go to 70%, but I don't take a break, just 70%, and then a few months later, man, I'm losing my hearing. So I go to 100%, I'm becoming deaf to the music. Well, when we're eating that amount of carbs and eating it frequently, we're becoming deaf to the screams of insulin. My ears are the receptor sites, the insulin receptor sites, and the music is the, the pancreas uh, beta cell producing insulin. You can see how the receptor sites are becoming deaf to the screams of insulin. It's becoming inflamed, and it's not just insulin, right, Mindy? It's yeah. a whole host of hormones so yeah. that are becoming deaf. Yes. And it's vitamin a problem. D. It's a, you know, vitamin D. Insulin resistance, vitamin D, uh, low vitamin D, 
direct correlation. That's right. It blocks yep. the production of vitamin yep. D, right? But yep. if you take a handful of vitamin D, if you have insulin resistance, will it work? Yeah, no. No, it right. won't, yeah. So we could see. So what, what's the solution if that's the problem? Dial down the music. And that's where keto and intermittent fasting come into play. And that could be carnivore too, but these are ancient healing strategies. So I'm gonna show you some really cool studies on what keto has done to dial down the music with diabetes. And then Mindy's gonna give you a masterclass on fasting. This study was a six month study looking at a ketogenic diet, a low carb, high fat diet, compared to the control diets. And the keto diet, the six month mark, achieved 50 uh, remission, higher remission in 57% of the patients. Then they said, okay, let's look at this at a one year trial. And it showed at the one year mark, lowering of A1C was less than six point, to less than 6.5%, which is between 42 and 69%. That is a huge decrease in the patients they surveyed. At the two-year mark, they also wanted to look at these studies and it showed two-year data on low-carb diets, a 53% reversal in diabetes, 17% remission, meaning no medication. Okay, that's with a lifestyle change. What about drugs? What other drugs out there show the same effectiveness? <laughs> Not one. Why do you think they hate keto? It goes against medication so what about fasting this is where mindy's going to give you a master class so how many people in here fast on a regular basis just so again i know who i'm talking are you fasted now mindy i am are me you? too yeah yeah of course i wouldn't do a speech <laughs> not in a fed state yeah. i'd be asleep How up dare here. You. yeah yeah exactly so here's what i've discovered in literally watching millions of people fast so our my youtube channel we get over three million views every single month of people coming on learning fasting and then i have a team of people that actually respond to all of those comments and we collect the data and we start to see patterns and what i am seeing in these millions of people that are sharing their stories with us is that if you want to overcome what ben's talking about literally fasting is your best path out and what i love about it is that it's free and it's time efficient mm. so we have when we come back to this concept that health has to be simple we also need to come back to this concept that health has to be affordable. And one of the things that is like tugged on my heart so deeply is that in order to eat healthy in our country, it costs more. That doesn't make sense. It's like, you know, I sat, I, I told this story last year from this stage that during the pandemic, I had a high school uh, principal reach out to me from South Carolina. And she said, my teachers are very, very concerned about coming back to school because they're worried about COVID and, and their immune systems. So can you teach them how to keep their immune system high? So I go, I get on a Zoom call. We've got about 20 of these high school teachers. You can see how scared they are. You can see that they're, they're really wanting to learn. And I give what I thought was the most amazing presentation. I'm like, don't eat this fat, eat this fat, take these supplements, eat organic, blah, blah, blah. I get done and I'm like, are there any questions? And one brave man raises his hand and he says, you know, when I look at the oils in the nut butter that I would buy, 
To buy a nut butter with the right oil compared to the one I buy right now is an $8 difference, and that is $8 I do not have. And then another brave woman raised her hand and said, you know, honestly, I'm up at 4.30 in the morning and I just drive to school, I'm working, I don't take a lunch break, and then at the end of the day, it's like three o'clock, the best thing for me to do is go through the McDonald's drive, drive through it's just the easiest thing for me. So when we look at the hurdles we have to overcome to get human behavior to change, to get metabolically healthy, that is a huge one mixed with the fact that big pharma doesn't want us to get off medication, big food doesn't want us to stop eating. Um, so we have those profit-driven uh, uh, places that are driving our healthcare decisions. So this is where we take ownership back is when we start to fast. And we say, okay, big food, you do whatever you want to do. And okay, big pharma, I know you're trying to keep me on meds, but I'm going to learn how to tap into this healing state so that I can heal myself. And that doesn't have to cost me a single dime. This is why I love fasting. Mm. So if you're still not impressed or you're still like, yeah, I don't know, I don't like to go without food. It's a little painful, I get a little dizzy, get a little hangry. I can teach you how to undo that. But I want you to see what the literature is saying. So this is one of my favorite fasting studies. It is 14 hours of fasting. That is a 10 hour eating window. So this is most people. In fact, I have not seen a human that couldn't train themselves to go 14 hours in a fasted state. What they saw is that when you went 14 hours fasting every single day on a continuous basis, that you lost weight. Most of the weight you lost was around the midsection. Hello, isn't that where everybody's trying to lose weight? They saw blood pressure go down. They saw triglycerides go down. They saw hemoglobin A1C improve. Um, and you know, if we want to bring big pharma back into the picture, if they actually did this in conjunction with high, this one was done on uh, high blood pressure was the main driver of this one. They actually got better results with their medication when they fasted and added that to their standard of care in, from a medical perspective. That's 10 hours of eating, 14 hours of fasting. The other most amazing uh, study or meta-analysis that got buried under, under the, the Google algorithm is new, the New England Journal of Medicine. This is a meta-analysis looking at thousands of studies looking done over tens of thousands of people. And this is the medical journal. This is the, the Bible for doctors to follow. And what they saw and they came out of this meta-analysis is they said that fasting, intermittent fasting, should be the go-to for these conditions that you see listed here for obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, neurodegenerative disease, asthma, MS, this should be our first line of treatment. And it even gave a, a, a formula for fasting. <laughs> Yet we still have doctors that are completely unaware of that. And then I know we're at a keto comp conference and I know that we've all, if you've been practicing the ketogenic diet, you're, you think that it's all about manipulating carbs. I want to tell you that for my version of the ketogenic diet is eating nature's carbs, not eating man-made carbs, upping my protein and eating the right fats and matching that to fasting. And that's how I get into a ketogenic state every single day.
I've noticed a lot of people have issues with caffeine, especially caffeine in coffee. Now, don't get me wrong. I love myself a cup of quality coffee, but the truth is I've seen so many of my Keto Camp Academy students have a glucose spike from caffeine, knocking them out of fasting or creating some digestive issues, bloating, and most commonly, jitters and irritability. We know excessive caffeine and caffeine sensitivity can cause adrenal problems, which has a lot of negative effects. It makes you more dependent on the caffeine and it puts you in this sympathetic fight or flight state. And for a lot of people, that is problematic. Everyday dose solves the problem of regular coffee while drastically building on its benefits with added supplements. What I love about Everyday Dose, it's low acidity, cold extracted coffee, and a microdose of caffeine blended with collagen protein, functional mushrooms, and nootropics, which will improve your focus, your energy, and your immunity. I just feel different in a really good way when I have Everyday Dose versus regular coffee. And I want you to experience the same. So if you want to check out Everyday Dose, head over to everydaydose.com slash Ben and use the coupon code KETOCAMP. You're going to get an extra five on the go dose travel pack to take with you anywhere you go. I take these travel packs with me and it is a game changer because when I'm traveling, it's hard to find, first of all, a clean cup of coffee, but almost impossible to find coffee with these functional ingredients. So head over to everydaydose.com slash ketocamp. Use ketocamp to get your bonus gift or click the link in the podcast notes down below. Okay, let's talk a little bit about those bad fats, inflammatory fats. Mindy, do you think these fats are worse than sugar? Absolutely. Okay, I do too. <laughs> so let's make the point. This is why I believe a lot of people who are doing keto or carnivore, they don't feel that well because these set of fats create a lot of cellular inflammation worse than sugar and what to do about it. So how many of you know Dr. K Shanahan? Raise your hand if you know Dr. K, Deep Nutrition. Yep, most, a lot of you do. Dr. K wrote a great book called Deep Nutrition. She was Kobe Bryant's nutritionist for the Lakers and she's a really smart woman, medical doctor, and I asked her the question. I said, Dr. K, three scenarios. Which one is gonna create disease faster? Somebody who smokes cigarettes every single day, somebody who eats processed sugar every single day, or somebody who eats vegetable oils every single day? What was her answer? Because we're at KetoCon, you know the answer. <laughs> but here was her explanation. She said, that's easy. It's the vegetable oils. She said, of course, smoking's not good for you, but you don't store that as body fat that becomes inflamed for years. Eating sugar is not good for you, especially in excess, but you can burn it off. You get exercise, build some muscle. These vegetable oils, polyunsaturated fats, the half-life of them, meaning if you remove them today, 680 days later, they will remain in your body fat, creating cellular membrane inflammation. Two years or so, and they're everywhere. So here's the list. You want to take a screenshot yeah, of this? Take a picture. Um, canola, corn, soybean, etc. I'm throwing fish oil on there, and Mindy knows I'm not a big fan of most fish oils because they tend to oxidize. But we want to swap out these PUFAs, these uh, uh, inflammatory PUFAs that are processed with high temperatures and high heat, with stable fats. And here are my favorite. These plug into keto. Some plug into carnivore. Some are mono and saturated fats. Some are saturated fats. But when Min me and Mindy go to restaurants, like we're gonna have dinner later today, we tell the server, we're allergic to vegetable oils. Yes, we do. And do I anybody this, want to go to dinner with us? Yeah, we yeah. are those people. I made yeah. this easy for, I made this easy for you guys. Some of the keto campers have it. So keto campers, thank you for being here, by the way. I love you guys so much. This is called a vegetable oil allergy card. 
and you can get it for free. I literally show this to the server. It says, I will have an allergic reaction to those bad fats. Please swap them out. I'm not lying. We're all allergic to vegetable oils. So you can get it for free. But here's the thing. After my, our lecture here, I'm doing a meet and greet. I have 100 books that I'm giving away. I'm going to sign them. And I have about 800 of these to give away. So meet me at the meet and greet lounge, and you can get that. So Mindy, you're up. So one of the more common questions we get in, our, in my social media world is, I'm trying to get into ketosis, but I can't seem to get there. Anybody have that problem that's willing at this conference? Thank you for the brave ones. Yeah. It happened, it's real, and I just wanna point out, I can't completely tell, but it looked like mostly women that were raising their hands, which is why we have to fast differently. Um, but here's what I want you to, to know, is that when we're eating, we are only operating from the sugar burner system. When we eat those inflammatory fats, what's happening is that you are elevating your blood sugar so high that getting over to the state of ketosis is almost near impossible. So let's use the example of the McDonald's drive-through. You go in, you eat a, a Big Mac, I don't even know what's there, Big Mac and fries, and you've got the bad oils, you've got the refined carbohydrates, you've got the inflammatory meats that they serve, and your blood sugar is way up here. And then all of a sudden you're like, one day you're like, after eating that way on a regular basis, you're like, okay, I wanna learn how to fast and get into the ketogenic state. Well, to go from here over to the fat burning state is a really steep descent. And it may take some effort and some cleaning up of this part of the system to be able to get you over. When somebody is eating clean carbs, clean meat, clean oils, their blood sugar rises a little bit, and then they fast eight to 10, eight to 10 hours, they, all of a sudden they're over in the ketogenic energy system. So if you're struggling making that switch to get over there, you've got to start to clean this system up. And, I, and I'm so adamant about this. I'll tell you in all the interviews that I've been doing for Fast Like a Girl, people always ask me, like, what, where do people start with fasting? And I always say, your food. You can start by just compressing your eating window, but if you don't clean up your food, that switch over is gonna be so much more difficult, if not nearly impossible. So the three thing recommendations that I make are, make sure you're eating the healthy fats, not the bad ones. Let's stop counting macros. I know, I know it's helpful in the beginning, but let's just eat nature's carbs and get off the refined carbs. And women, let's start bringing our hormones into every aspect of our lifestyle. So if you have a menstrual cycle, let's start eating and fasting according to that. If you're postmenopausal, let's get to know what personalities these sex hormones have and what lifestyle we want to match to those. And that's a whole nother talk. Sounds like a girl. Yeah, yeah, I got a couple books on it. Um, <laughs> and then the last thing I'll say on this, and again, this is something that just has blown me away watching so many people fast, is you have to remember when you're fasting the intelligence in your cells is gonna get rid of cells that no longer serve you. So they may have these inflamed membranes, they may have dysfunctional mitochondria, they may have genetics that are gonna be triggered, but what Ben said about the membrane is massively important because the other thing that's existing on the outside of that cell are your negative thought patterns. Mm. 
And this was Bruce Lipton's work. This is, I, I brought him on my podcast. I know you've had him on yours. This is exactly what he said, is that when we look at cellular inflammation, we have to be aware that negative thoughts are creating cellular inflammation in the body. Mm-hmm. Like, think about that for a moment. Like your aching arm or your injury that won't heal, what if that's the continual barrage of negative thoughts that are going through your mind, self-inflicting and wounding your cells and causing them to be inflamed? And when you fast, you get to these senescent cells start to move out of your body. So good, so important. This part of the lecture is probably the most important part, so I'm glad that you're stuck around. You're stuck around for that. And I think we have enough time to finish this. Uh, we're going to do great. We're doing great. Got 12 minutes. Let's see. We got this, Ben. The third one. Third cause of inflammation, the most uh, inflammatory cause is gonna be fear, stress, and lack of purpose. One of my favorite quotes. In the absence of clearly defined goals, we become strangely loyal to performing daily trivia until ultimately we become enslaved by it. Lack of purpose leads to destructive lifestyle behaviors. It did for me, drugs, food addiction, video game addiction, when I got clear on my purpose, I didn't have time for that. It's so important to have goals, to be clear on your purpose. Your purpose might be sharing your story and creating a YouTube channel because you transform your health with keto. It might be that right now. You might have that story right now. But Neville Goddard said, we are only limited by weakness of attention and poverty of imagination. So what does that mean? We have the subconscious mind that runs the show. 95% of your results are coming from the subconscious mind. 95% of your actions are coming from that subconscious mind. But we have weakness of attention. Mainstream news, social media, friends, family, billboards, TV commercials, we're being distracted constantly and we're not creating original thoughts. Most people don't think. The average person has 60,000 thoughts per day. Mindy has like 95,000 per day. <laughs> Maybe more. Perhaps, perhaps. It's very possible. But possible. those thoughts are just coming through without even being consciously aware of them. 60,000 thoughts per day. 90% of them are are the same thoughts from yesterday and 85% of them are negative. Mindy just spoke about that. What do I call it? Stinking thinking. If your thinking is stinking, your dreams, they're shrinking. And if you have 60,000 thoughts per day, Mindy just made the point that your thoughts communicate with your cells to produce proteins, good or bad, we have 60,000 opportunities every single day to put the body in a healing, anti-inflammatory state the greatest biohack you will ever come across mm. is inside of you right now. Mm. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. yeah. How many of you talk to yourself during the day? Raise your hand. <laughs> if you're not raising your hand, you're not. Yeah, there, yeah, you're, you're, there was a few people that didn't raise like, their hand, yeah, right? Like, they're they're thinking, yeah, I don't just, know if I talk so to myself. You know. Maybe. Uh, uh, I Maybe. don't know who else is in there, but yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's you. <laughs> some of you have seen me do this experiment, so you won't fall for it, but some of you have not. Mental activity is not the same thing as being consciously aware of your thoughts. I'm gonna make a silly example with you. So here's the example. You see the word silk on the screen? We're gonna say that word silk five times in a row. Silk, 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 five times in a row together out loud. I'm gonna ask you a quick question and you're gonna answer it out loud as fast as possible. You ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Yes! <laughs> silk on three. One, two, three. Silk, 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 silk. silk. What do cows drink? <laughs> Who said milk? That was good. That was good. Oh my God. They drink water. 
But that's a silly example to show you that just because you have thoughts, it doesn't mean you're consciously aware of those thoughts. Because 2% of the population think, 3% of the population think they think, and 95% of the population would rather die than think. And Mindy already made this point. But your thoughts, Bob Proctor, the Michael Jordan of prosperity teaching, your thoughts become things. If you can see it in your mind, you will hold it in your hand. You are the most influential person you'll speak to today. And before I give it to Mindy on a very important part of this lecture, I want to talk about my favorite supplement that you have to take every single day. How many of you know vitamin G? <laughs> vitamin G. Mindy has a lot of vitamin G every day. This supplement, if you're not taking it, fat burning, anti-inflammatory, helps with brain fog, helps with hormone resistance. Dr. Joe Dispenza did brain scans and saw 1,200 chemicals take place instantaneously when they took vitamin G, oxytocin, serotonin, GABA. Every time I talk about this, they ask me on Instagram, where is it on Amazon? You can't get it. How can I buy it? It's the practice of gratitude. It is being in a grateful state. You want to extend your lifespan? You get vitamin G as much as possible. You can't overdose. And to Mindy's point, it's free like fasting. What you appreciate appreciates, and here's, a, here's proof that it extends your lifespan. Can you play this video? How do you think you've lived to be 97? Like, how do you think you made it this many years? I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm naughty. I eat sugar. I eat butter. I eat things that I should not eat, and I have all my life. Well, what do you think is the secret? You know, people ask me, and I tell them that you... Um, you pray a lot, you have faith. I do have faith, yes. I And I really spend, like I, I cannot end my day without being grateful. I never take anything for granted. So that's, that's probably the secret. That's how you've lived to be 97. I don't because know. Because you never end your, your day without being grateful. I don't know. I really don't. I you have a lot of gratitude in your heart. Yes. Wow. Give her a clap. She's amazing, yeah. huh? Amazing. And Mindy, I knew you would love her. You haven't yeah, seen that no, yet. I haven't seen that. No. <laughs> and I'm not going to get into this because we're. I want to get into the last part. But there's a part of your brain that seeks out what you feed it. If you buy a red car, you see that red car everywhere. If you practice gratitude, you you see more things to be grateful for. But Mindy, this is an important question that we get asked all, all the time, yeah. right? Yeah, so, um, you know, I spent 25 years uh, in a clinic teaching health and lifestyle to thousands of people. And every time I sat with somebody in the first meeting, I was assessing one thing. And what I wanted to know was, do they believe their body can heal? Mm. And what I found was about 95% of the time they didn't. And that's so much a part of this healthcare system that we've been, we all have been brought up in, is that it's taken our own personal power away. We don't believe in ourselves. I think the pandemic was a beautiful example of just the fear that you talked about, but the lack of, of really understanding what our immune system was capable of. So when you go to start any health journey, the, literally the first thing you've got to get, the mantra you've got to get into your head is that I can heal myself. I don't need a doctor. Amen. I don't need a, a, health, a, a health influencer. 
I don't need my best friend to be on this journey with me. I am in charge of my own health and I can heal myself. And this is one of the reasons I love fasting because I can take the most doubtful human and I can show them how to fast. I didn't, I didn't go and tape their mouth shut. I showed them what to do and you see the lights turn on as they start to watch the miracles that happen in their body. Mm. And that at the root of everything we're talking about, there has to be faith and belief that we are responsible and that we are self-healing machines. And mm. then you can open up a whole world of health that you never even saw possible. So good, clap for that. So good, Mindy. That's the truth right there. Your belief determines the fact, good or bad. How many of you have heard of the placebo effect? How many of you know the origin of the placebo effect? Okay, some of you do. 1930s, quick story. World War II, Dr. Henry Beecher working the tents, the medical units for the US soldiers. Soldiers were coming in with bullet wounds, arms and limbs blown off. They were going to shock and they were dying. So Henry Beecher was giving them morphine to stabilize them, transfer them to the hospital and save their life. But something happened. They ran out of morphine. And the nurse freaked out, Mindy. She didn't know what to do. So she grabbed the needles and put salt water, saline solution, in the needles. Told Dr. Beecher, I'm giving you morphine. Mm. He had the belief. He had morphine in his hand. Mm. He transferred that belief to the soldier saying, I'm giving you morphine. You're going to feel better in a matter of seconds. And they survived. They so didn't cool. die. And yeah. Harvard wanted to study what happened. And that's where the placebo effect started. There's also something called the nocebo effect, where it works against you. Whether your belief is good or bad, it's going to manifest. This is a true story. An entire stadium in Los Angeles, California, Alina's from, filled with people watching a football game, and two people opposite ends of the stadium start getting really sick and throwing up, projectile vomiting. They rush to the medical unit on the stadium property, and the doctor's treating them, wanting to know why are they throwing up? Why are these two people projectile vomiting? Why are they so sick? The only thing they had in common is that they drank soda from the soda machines. So the doctor said, oh, that's what's causing them to be sick. There's heavy metals going through the soda. Something is causing them to get really sick. So what did he do? He went on the public address system, told the oh, entire no. stadium, do not drink from the soda machine. Two people are getting really sick two and people. throwing up. And what happened in a matter of seconds? The entire stadium throwing up. People were being transferred to hospitals. Ambulance is going back and forth. And then two hours later, they determined there was nothing wrong with the soda machines. Oh my gosh. They gave that news to the people in the hospital and they stopped being sick instantaneously. That's crazy. The power of the nocebo effect. And then I'm going to share this and then I'll give you the last word. Yeah, here. let's go for it. We have two minutes. And another true story on what the mind could do against you. This was written in the newspapers in the 1970s. A gentleman was working on a railroad cart and he was a train worker and he got locked in one of the compartments at night and all of his co-workers went home and he was banging on that door to get released because it was cold and he thought he was going to freeze to death and there was a temperature apparatus he kept looking at and the temperature kept lowering and lowering and lowering and he kept writing messages to himself on the wall. 12 a.m., I'm getting really cold. 1 a.m., colder, I am shivering. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to make it. 3 a.m., I'm about to die. 7 a.m. rolls around, his coworkers come, they find him dead in the railroad cart. 
But something interesting happened. The temperature apparatus was malfunctioning and the temperature never dropped below 55 degrees. Oh my gosh. His mind created the fact that he was freezing to death and he died. The nocebo effect. So use your mind wisely. And Mindy's going to give you in 45 seconds <laughs> the last part here. So just in summary, a couple of things that I would tell you to do when you hear a lecture like this or throughout the day is at the end of the day, pick three things you're going to change three things that you can succeed at because you don't need motivation when you go to put your health on the right path you need momentum mm. and so what you want to do at the end of a, a day like today or at the end of a conference like this is find your three things and just practice the habit of those three things. Maybe from this lecture, I'm gonna be more grateful. Maybe I'm gonna change my, my oils is the next thing I'm gonna work on. And then maybe I'm gonna get up every morning and tell myself good things that the body can heal. However you decide to approach it, don't take everything we're saying to me like, okay, I'm not gonna fix all that. Let's just take three things and let's apply that every day and you will build momentum and you will look back a year from now and you won't even recognize yourself. Amen. So with that, we finished on time. We Amazing. did it. Thank you guys. Good job. Thank you. Thank, Thank you everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. I, I, it was fun to take you along for the ride in case you weren't at KetoCon or if you were there and you watched it, maybe this was just a, a repetition for you, which is very, very important. Uh, go check out Dr. Mindy Powell's. Uh, her website is drmindypowell's.com. Her podcast is called The Resetter Podcast. She has her awesome book, Fast Like a Girl. It's an incredible resource for fasting for women of all ages. She's got a great Instagram and YouTube channel, so go check her out. She's doing amazing work. And please consider leaving this podcast a rating and review if you haven't done so already. If you want to watch the video version of that lecture, that's on the YouTube channel, Keto Camp on YouTube. We'll drop a link for that in the podcast notes down below. And I hope you have an incredible day. I have vitamin G gratitude for you. Love and appreciate you, Keto Camper. I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.